the best way to do that is actually to ask the provider and the protector about what does he need or she needs and uh, to listen, to, to actually only provide the support that they, they, they really want and need. Everybody, David Chudik here, Certified Financial Planner with Parallel Financial. Uh, that was a preview of today's episode with Ziv Raviv. Uh, we had a great conversation about how to eliminate money arguments in marriage. And this could really be a life-changing episode uh, that we're really excited to present today. So we hope that you enjoy. And as always, please make sure to check out our website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. And if you've ever wondered what it's like to have a financial advisor, or what it's like to work with a financial advisor, email me, david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. And I'll also include my uh, calendar link in the show notes. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. So this week, I'm really excited because we have a special guest, uh, not from our neck of the woods, named Ziv Raviv. And um, we're talking, a lot of times we talk about different financial products. We might talk about what type of life insurance might be right for you or your family, or what type of investments might be right for you. But today, we're going to talk about something that could be even more valuable, both financially and uh, and from an intangible standpoint, we're going to talk about how to how to eliminate money arguments in your marriage, which uh, that could be worth millions of dollars in itself. So, hey, uh, hey, Ziv, how are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your background. Hello, David, and hello, everyone. It's just, it's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm actually a business entrepreneur from Israel, and I own a brand called Kivi Media. We run online schools and podcasts. And uh, at, certain, at a certain point in my journey of uh, trying to grow my business, I've reached a certain plateau where I thought that uh, this is it. Like I, this is as much as I can get my businesses to do. And uh, I, I realized that um, one of the things that is not really working well back then was actually I wasn't putting any hard work or priorities into my relationship with my wife. And we had daily fights on all sorts of uh, reasons, including uh, business. She really wanted me to be able to grow my businesses so that she could uh, have a transformation of her life um, and fulfill her dreams. So uh, this created a lot of friction. And and only after uh, tuning in and working on these topics uh, with with the help of books and, and counselors and, and, and courses, um, we were able to, to, to reach a breakthrough, not just in the relationship, but also in, uh, in the businesses and grow again. And uh, that uh, made me uh, kind of um, like unleash the power of a good relationship, not just for me and my businesses, but also as a business coach. And I've, uh, been studying this topic from from the greats. Uh, we are actually uh, studying this uh, on a daily basis uh, through uh, our brand, the Generous Marriage Podcast, and uh, we've came up with a few things that can help people 
you know, married people, business owners, on communicating in a more efficient way that eventually will not only lead to a better life and a better relationship and more connection, uh, it will also lead to having more money at the end of the day. Sure. So how long, how long have you been married? My wife and I, um, if you don't believe in miracles, I can, I can, I can convince you that they do exist. We hit our 21st anniversary this uh, last June. So there is definitely a special place in heaven for anybody who can stick with me for 21 years, for sure. So what about you? Well, actually, I got so lucky to marry my high school sweetheart. So uh, we are married for 18 years now. Right. And, and we know each other and are uh, together as a couple since 1995. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just curious. So you live in, in, in Israel? Yes. Is, so. is the divorce rate in Israel and, and even other parts of the world, is it at 50% like it is in the United States? Or is the United States pretty, pretty uh, on its own? Uh, you're not on your own. Um, on the more secular uh, uh, societies here, it's closer to that, which around like 40 on average, I would say. It's still a very common thing. And definitely there's a lot of fights going on and, mm -hmm. and it, it's pretty inevitable actually it's healthy for you to fight but there's a way to like to go back from fighting and reconnecting yeah so one thing that i've always known is you know, a marriage is literally one of the most beautiful things in the world but i, I believe that spouses can hurt each other in ways that nobody else can hurt, you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's not even intended, but when you truly dedicate your life to someone and then they disappoint you, or maybe there's un, unmet expectations or whatever it is, you know, there can be more friction between two people that love each other than just strangers who, who don't know each other at all. So marriage, it's a fascinating, fascinating topic for sure. And it's a very well-researched topic too. So healthy couples actually, make more money and are healthier in life by, by like 30%. So uh, the, the, this is really strategic for anyone listening right now. If you manage to create a healthy relationship uh, that, that constantly uh, creates connection and constantly like you invest into the relationship way more than you uh, withdrawal from the relationship if it was like a bank you can you can even imagine it's money that you're in depositing into the connection bank and withdrawal is like turning away from the relationship or fighting and you you have to actually uh, invest like at least one to five more like for every withdrawal you need to deposit uh, five times more into the relationship and that's not easy no, no, I could imagine it. It's not so. So let's jump in. We we had spoken about a couple different uh, topics, and the first one is roles. Uh, so let's talk about uh, you know roles in marriage, and maybe even more specifically how they relate to money. So let's dive in. So a lot of fights that are related to money actually um, they they're like like they're blocking your ability to later on develop your your dreams together and develop your, your actual action items that you're taking in order to fulfill your dreams, your, your financial dreams. And without overcoming those fights, it's, it's like, it's not going to work. You have to know how to communicate without triggering each other on this topic. And it is very natural to, to have those fights. So the first thing that I think it's important to acknowledge is that people come from totally different backgrounds 
and they are being raised from, from childhood to look at money in a different way. In, in one family, they might have been valuing experiences as way more important than money. And experiences might include um, destroying uh, objects uh, just for the fun of it uh, as a kid and not being, uh, you know, get, not getting any, into any problem as a kid. And on another family, it might be that like uh, you have to finish all the food from the plate because we've spent money on this and this food is important. And, and so there's like this all shapes, like different uh, upraising shapes our views about money. And neither one yeah. is right or wrong, right? I mean, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, it's just an attitude. Right. It's just what you know, what you, it's not your, it's, there's, there is no right or wrong. It's just like what you believe in mm -hmm. uh, and, and what you were, like the surrounding that you're used to. But that itself can already cause friction when one person believes this is wrong. We shouldn't buy this just because it looks good or just because you, you want to, we should plan more, we should check with our budgets and stuff like that. So that, that by itself could create some friction and require some communication like uh, creating a budget for fun stuff, like creating independence for, for uh, a, a, on, to a certain degree money-wise of where, what you can do with it, which is just because that's how you, you were born. Or for example, uh, and we'll get to that in the second part, which is like the dreaming together. Um, if you do want more experiences, because that, that's how you were born, that money is just a tool to create experiences in your life and, and memories, then plan that, but plan that together. And when in order to, to be able to get there, you have to overcome the fights first. And that's where the roles come into play. So imagine, imagine uh, like um, thousands of years ago when there, were, there was a task that needs to be done for the family or for, for a tribe uh, uh, of people. And usually there will be one person that is naturally the strongest in that specific task. He's like naturally uh, going to be the best one to make the decisions to lead. Maybe they understand best on hunting or maybe they understand best on choosing, like, like building something or whatever. So there's always uh, one person that we look at as the natural leader of a certain thing that we're about to do. And that's like the way we think for thousands of years, that's how our brains have evolved, to look for a leader and to try and do what the leader does, uh, and, well, and like listen to the leader. And, and, and in these days, actually, everyone can do anything. If they put their minds to it and choose to do it, they can do anything they want. So this creates some friction where everyone uh, are naturally capable of leading. So if you think that uh, you're the leader of a certain topic, you expect naturally that people around you will listen to you. And you're expecting yourself to actually worry about certain, certain uh, situations. Because if you're responsible, for example, for leading the finances, um, then uh, what is a risk or for the leader of finances? It's like buying something. Buying something is a, is a risk. And then uh, the other partner who also th see himself as a leader on finances, he doesn't uh, uh, consider like one leader is the leader, then 
then they want to be able to have their independence and choose by themselves on the same topic itself. They don't see it as a risk because they are managing uh, the finances as well. So what, what, what I suggest, and this is based on the work of Alison Armstrong, uh, which you can uh, look for her books um, in Audible. There's like wonderful books there for her, uh, of her, um, is to set up roles and choose basically one side of the couple will be the protector and provider of all things finances. And the other one would be uh, the supporter and enhancer of finances. Now, both of them might need to work and make money, and both of them need to talk about certain decisions together, but there is a natural leadership to one of the two people where they basically have to lead. They have to create the results that have been decided upon together. So a supporter and enhancer can really help the, the, the protector and provider, or and provider by supporting and enhancing the, the activities. So how do you support someone that is responsible for finances? That's also a recipe for, for disaster. So you have to uh, communicate clearly and also the protector and provider, once they have a plan, they need to communicate both their plan and which is, which is a big one, a lot of times men and hunters in general, like people that have the mindset of producing results, they conceal their plan. And that is the, one of the reasons why later on there's, there's friction, like maybe the wife didn't know that we're saving money for, for a new car. And if she didn't know, then how could she behave in a way that will support? You know, that's the, really interesting. Do you think we conceal the plan because we're maybe afraid that if, if, if we let known what the plan is and then we fail, you know, it'll be known that we failed because I, I never thought about it, but I guess there's part of me that sometimes maybe conceals the plan. Cause I do, I do fit into the role of Hunter somewhat in our family. I think it's another reason. I think it's more because there's something right with what you said, because men and hunters, they want respect. Respect is hard to get when you fail in things. So we think that, we should conceal. But there, and there's another reason that I think is very powerful. And that is that if you conceal the plan, no one can jeopardize it. Yeah. So, so you, we already know from experience that sometimes when we share the plan, uh, the other side has a lot of ideas of how to make it better. And sometimes it's making it better in a way that contradicts the whole point of what we were trying to do. Uh, like for example, we wanted to do something efficiently and, and the other side wants us to do it in a way that from our standpoint is not going to be efficient because it goes against our natural uh, plan. So, so because of that, we actually uh, do something that is not fair for the supporter and provider as hunters because by concealing, we, we, we lose the connection. We turn away from the connection. By sharing the plan, making sure that we are aligned on the plan, you get the justification to later on own a veto power. Now, the veto power is something you need to use very scarcely and very carefully without, because it does hurt other people's feelings when you say, no, this is my final decision. I, I was appointed by us to be 
to, to lead this activity. So I need this decision to be this way. You have that veto power, but it's not the, it's not the nicest thing to use it uh, uh, too often. Uh, but, but, no, but, but yes, knowing that you have roles actually creates a situation where one gets to, to, put, to use the veto power on certain things. Um, for example, in my relationship with my wife, we've decided that I will lead the finances and, and I will lead the, the creating income in the family. And uh, she will lead the bring up of our kids and the education, educational decisions with schools and with, you know, their friends and social, social uh, uh, rings and circles. And uh, if I have uh, something to say about that, I will say that as the dad and as, as, as the partner of this, uh, of this relationship. But in a discussion between us, just the two of us, if she knows that, like she has all the pictures, she knows all the details, if she knows that we need to stop piano lessons because it's just too stressful for the kid, then she has the veto power. She has the final say on that because she knows all the details and I'm, I don't. So I can try to convince her, but eventually I will respect her final call on it. And that, that actually makes the conversation or the argument way, way lighter because it will start by something with, with me saying something like, look, it will be your call on this one. I just want to understand better because I feel she should, she, she should st still do piano uh, classes. That's what I want her. I want her to, to, to have that in her life. And she will... Uh, uh, give me more details and, and because I'm not threatening her judgment, it will be a discussion between people that have one common goal. And that is the success of the partnership, the success of, of the family. Um, so so by, by acknowledging the roles, talking about it, you can overcome so many problems like daily arguments, like two people that are trying to be the leader. There's, there's also the opposite. Two people that no one is uh, uh, picking up the, the, the wand of controlling this and uh, actually leading, you know, uh, the, the, the partnership into safety. Um, and that, is, that also creates a lot of frustration because each person expects the other one to lead the way and make sure that we're not wasting too much money. Wow. I mean, there's just, there's so much there, but I think what it comes down to, and, and I think what you said was, uh, the common goals, two people that are committed to a common goal. And sometimes you have to do something a little bit uncomfortable. Like in your example, you had to give up that final say on the piano, but guess what? She's more qualified to make that decision because she's dealing with that area of life more. Now, of course, you both love your children equally, but based on the roles that you have decided as a family, she just has a little bit more experience uh, with that, with that part of your life. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see how as a, as a man, it could be a little bit difficult just to give that up and say, you know what, we're going to go with what you say. Here's my input. But if you still say we're doing, we're stopping piano, then we're stopping piano. And that's, but that's, uh, that, that's a great form of, of trust. So once the roles have been defined and maybe you've talked about these things, and honestly, it's probably, uh, these are probably some really great things to talk about prior to getting married uh, to make sure that, that you can have the, the roles that you're comfortable with. What comes next? I mean, how do you, what, what's your next step in, 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 in eliminating arguments about money and, and having a healthy relationship with money in your marriage? The next, uh, the next uh, step is definitely uh, planning, planning together. 
And we also call this dreaming together, uh, which is a term coined by John Gottman, uh, one of the biggest uh, researchers of, uh, of, of couples dynamics uh, in the world from the Gottman Institute. So dreaming together and specifically with finances, like planning together the, the finances, uh, is, is something that has actually, actually has a huge, uh, uh, in, a huge, huge impact on the relationship itself. Because actually, you know, there's, there's a few reasons why couples come together and become a couple and, and get, get wed. Uh, on certain societies and, and, and cultures, it's all about um, like the, the, the religious, the religion, religious uh, aspect of getting married. Uh, for some, it's about uh, bringing uh, kids to the world. Um, for some, it's about monogamy and like a sexual relationship that is monogamy, a monogamous relationship. And, and, uh, and a lot of it is society, uh, like creating uh, the norm. But actually, one of the most beautiful parts about coming together into a relationship uh, for, for, for many, many years, hopefully for life, is that dreaming together, the, the decision about goals. There are certain things that we want to achieve in life together. And those things we want to achieve in life, some of them are finite. Like they have a certain number in it or a certain date or a certain thing that we're hoping to do, like a bucket list. And that, that's fine. That's wonderful. And some of those goals are infinite. Like uh, we just want to make this earth cleaner and not so like we want to help save Mother Earth and not be uh, ecologically uh, uh, ignorant, right? And that's like, something you will, you will not achieve by yourself by a certain date, even as a couple. You just try to do your best again and again and again and recycle together and separate uh, trash together and so on and so forth. So you, you, you have to talk about those dreams. And, and the more you document them and talk about them and put, get into details with them, uh, the easier it is to... to feel like the relationship is meant to do more than just fulfill our immediate needs. We have a lot of immediate needs that are very important, like the need for safety and the need for love and the need for appreciation and the need for, for uh, respect. Those are fundamental needs. And of course, the, the, the need for food and the need for, for clean clothes and the need for sex, all of these needs are also important and, and affect our day to day. But the, 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 the planning together into a future can really um, create another layer, deeper, deeper roots even for the relationship. Because even if we thought about something like, like, like the food or like the dishes or like the, the garbage uh, bin or something uh, uh, small, uh, quote, quote unquote small, uh, we still have those roots of something that both of us agree about, that we want to achieve that thing, financially even. And you know, um, most of the arguments uh, that, that couples go through are actually perpetual. They're unsolvable. It's like, a, like, like there's a certain, certain amount, like, like 30%, I think, if I remember correctly, maybe even more of arguments will never be solved because they're ingrained in who we are like uh, some people will forget to do certain things in certain situations. 
and, and or, or will respond socially in certain ways, like always argue that they're, they're right. And they will be the last one to say the, the, the last, they will be the last person to speak in an argument always, right? And this will create perpetual fights, but certain things you can actually overcome by talking on about. So a, a perpetual fight, or we won't call it a fight, we'll call it a disagreement that I happen to be right about in my house is how clean the, dish, the dishes need to be when they go in the dishwasher. I think it's called a dishwasher because it's supposed to wash the dishes. My wife thinks dishes should be 100% sterilized and you can do surgery on them and then you put them in the dishwasher. Now, these are, you know, that's kind of silly, but that's, you know, neither one is ever going to give in. And um, that, I don't, I, it, it, so every once in a while it causes just some weird friction. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier that, um, you know, marriage is crazy and, and little things can just get in the way and just cause just a little bit of resentment or a little bit of just, I don't even want to call it anger, but, um, uh, and that's what you're saying. I think those arguments that can never be solved because there's no answer. It's, and it's not an important enough issue to even fight over, but, but it just, it kind of exists. You know what I mean? It, it does exist. And even if you will like, uh, 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 consider her, like she's an expert on certain things, like maybe she's the her, one of her roles is, to lead cleaning, up, uh, cleaning the house. And in this case, she actually gets her uh, veto power. And so she can certify you on cleaning the dishes. <laughs> and, 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 and you're currently you're like a rogue employee that is uncertified That's right. for, cl- for cleaning dishes. And, and it's okay to you know, reach a decision that certain things we will, no- we will not fix uh, mm-hmm. because, because this is who you are, because I, I need that, that autonomy of, of, of this thing. But it is also a very cute, cute gesture, right? To come and say, I think dishes could, can, can go into the dishwasher when they're, uh, when they're not uh, sterilized yet, but I will do this for you yeah. as a, because, because I, I see how hard you work on everything and you really care about this detail and I really care about you. So it's, it's not the end of the world also to change your ways I, right. I, I didn't notice the fact that I put my clothes on the floor when I go and take a shower, and then I ignore those clothes forever until they somehow magically get into the dishwasher. We have a magical uh, genie that shows up in our house and puts clothes away too. I don't know how that happens. So. Yeah, the, the, so, so we, we had the genie for years, and then my wife uh, actually educated me that she would really appreciate if every day at the morning after I wash my teeth, I will take all the clothes from the floor and put them into this nice location that I was not aware of. Uh, under the, under the, the washing machine, we actually have a basket made for the dirty clothes. Really? Yeah, we might have great. one of those at our house. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so ever since she educated me about that and, and, and explained to me how, how will it mean for her to wake up uh, and to go to the to our shower and see a clean shower sure. and, and and I respect that and ever since then I started to do that and well, I don't do it because I think it's like my it's not uh, about my role or something it's just my way to support her right well that goes back to what we said before on asking how can I support you so even if there's something that you don't necessarily feel is important like putting your dirty clothes in the basket 
she does. And it's your job to make her happy and to fulfill her. So that's kind of your job to do that. And there's a million places in my house where there's something uh, similar. So when you say dream together, I mean, is that like going for walks and holding hands and just saying, hey, this is what I dream about. And this is what I want our life to be to like, or is there kind of a specific way to set goals? You know, I think that there's uh, many ways and uh, all of them are right. There's no one way to, to do this. But personally, I love a certain way that, that works really well for me and for my wife, and that is to look into three time, time, uh, uh, time stamps, which is like three months from now and a year from now and three years from now. And uh, this is something that we talk about, about every three months. Every three months or so, uh, I will uh, update my wife about what we did in the last three months financially and I will plan with her like get her plans and get her dreams and and, and plan with her uh, like rejoin our dreams for the next three months and we have this bigger goal which is the yearly goal that will lead us and and and, um, help us make decisions and we have our like crazy dreams uh, which are our three years dreams that we are trying to accomplish this is just a tactic, right? Uh, there's no right and wrong here on if you want to change it and do it in any other way. But the way we do it is we try to imagine like a, a realistic uh, decision-making meter from one to 10, meaning if it's one, you have to be very, very realistic and not be dreamy. And if it's five, you're, 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 you're somewhat dreamy and somewhat re- realistic. And if it's 10, you're, you're just crazy. You, there's no realism. You just make any decision you want about your dreams, right? Mm. So on your three months goal, we really try to be very realistic, like keep, keep the dreaming to like uh, level two out of 10. And then on our one-year goal, we want to be a little bit dreamy, but we, we want also not to take too many, too many risks. So it's about five or six. And for our three years goal, we really want to be very, very dreamy, like a seven or an eight or a nine, and, and, and have big dreams about what we're going to achieve. And it's then my job to come up with a plan of how can we get closer to all of our goals. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, as you've made your relationship a little bit healthier by defining roles and, and, and supporting each other and, and helping in the ways that, that your partner needs help, and then you know, you've kind of, you've, you've looked at some short-term goals and some just major goals that, you know, the BHAGs, as they call it, the big, hairy, audacious goals and everything in between. And, and maybe you've kind of just gone for walks and said, Hey, you know, one day I'd like to own that, that, that second home in the mountains, because maybe we'll have grandkids and it would be great to, to share this time and, and watch the sunsets over the mountain. So you've done all that and, and you have, uh, you know, your, your relationship is enhanced and, and, to the extent that friction can be re- eliminated in marriage, it is, although it could never be eliminated totally because uh, mostly because guys are jerks and, and um, you know, we don't understand women. So, uh, uh, so what's after that? I mean, how do, wh- where do you go from there once you've taken the first two steps? So I have to first say, like, guys are not, definitely not <laughs> jerks. And, and, and we are, we are, uh, we are uh, often uh, portrayed that way. But I really don't think that's true. I think that uh, guys has amazing uh, benefits on the way they look at things, on the way that they are so focused on getting a result. 
and on the wonderful way that they want to protect and provide. That's like a natural thing with us. As long as we're not attacked and we're not uh, threatened, then we can really protect and, and provide to the people we love. Um, and and uh, we, we have our gifts uh, where we only are able to focus on one thing with our brains, mm -hmm. with our single focus brains. And that gift is something that uh, a lot of women don't have. They, they, they see every detail at the same time um, um, often. And... Uh, that can create friction. But, so, but, but I do agree that the, it's not enough to just dream together and plan together because just like with any uh, plan, you need to execute the plan. And because executing a plan is, is damn uh, complicated, you need to do ongoing monitoring. Now, ongoing monitoring cannot actually work without communication from the get-go. And so one of the tips that I've learned from uh, an intimacy coach uh, called Irene Fair is that every day you have to turn towards each other for verbal communication for 15 minutes at the very least, every day. If you didn't turn towards each other for, for, for that verbal communication every day, then you're actually turning, turning away from each other and you're, you're eroding the connection bank account. So if 15 you, minutes could be a very long time, depending on sometimes life is very busy and 15 minutes is not a long time, but it could be if you don't, if you're not purposeful about it. So that's, that's, that's great advice. It, it will not happen if you will not be purposeful right. about it. You will mm -hmm. literally need to either schedule it or change your, your daily habits to create that, those 15 minutes. We are that busy, you know, with our phones we're all, I'm not talking about 15 minutes with the phones, yeah? 15 minutes where you can look at each other's uh, eyes and you can ask, you know, hey, so what, what, what did you do today? Right. And, and, and can I share with you something that, I, that got me excited? And like just literally, and 15 minutes is, is actually relatively easy to create in, in, as a habit. Um, it's not, uh, uh, it's, and it's so worth it, so worth it. So from, from, from the get-go, I wouldn't go to my wife and tell her, hey, uh, come see my finances table. I've updated the spreadsheets. Take a look. Uh, what do you think? We did well this month. And, or we did well you know, from last week. And uh, like if, if we didn't talk for four days, right. that, that will not be well appreciated. Like I, if I did something that pissed her off and for four days we didn't talk, that's a big, big no-no to now come and see how good i'm managing my family the finances of the family so um you have to first of all make sure that you maintain the positive connection the mutual connection the partnership and that you provide you know this safe safe place um to to talk about that but actually what what we what what we try to do is a weekly meeting which is a financial finance meeting and uh, we, go over the, we go over the spreadsheets of this month's expenses and this month's income. And I basically, like, uh, I, I show it to my wife. I show her where are the risks. I tell her what are my plans to mitigate the risk. I, sometimes I will ask her, um, this month I need us to be careful with the expenses with the credit cards. Sometimes she will ask me, I have, what about that expense that you were talking about? Are we still going to go through with this? And I will 
check with the, the, the risk levels in the spreadsheet and I will uh, uh, basically uh, give my blessing for it or not. But the overall experience is an experience of sharing what is the actual status and what are we, where are we trying to go and are we, and are we green or red you know, on the finances of the family. And by making it a priority, we actually see better results because anything you monitor is actually, you know, you attract. When you monitor your money, you attract more money. When you, when you pay attention to the details, you make sure that you don't make mistakes. Sometimes uh, there will be something I really want to buy. And as a, business, as a responsible business owner, I will make some goal on the income or profits before I go out and, 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 uh, and, and buy that thing. Um, and this is important because those, those, those expenses very fast accumulate into not being profitable and that can kill business really. Um, and then, you know, how can you fulfill your dreams if your business is dead? So um, we do those weekly dates and we try our best. This is like when we're recording this, uh, there's a pandemic going on. So uh, it's really harder to go on dates at the moment. We, we, we have to do uh, indoor dates at home um, usually. Uh, but um, we highly recommend and we try to uh, do this every week. And that is to go on a date. So to not work on those finances as the only thing that brings you together once a week for a meeting, but rather to do that on top of some sort of a date night where you either take the babysitter. Right now our, our older kid is, is already old enough to be the babysitter, so that's fun. And then go on a date and just connect on a coffee shop or just driving outside, stopping in the, at the lobby of a hotel, just connecting, talking, or, or you know, when possible, Back, back before the pandemic, I don't know, occasionally go watch a movie in the cinema or something. Yeah, actually see people's faces, which you, yeah. uh, which you can't uh, do. But I think the connecting part is so important. And, and I think like anything else, marriage can become mundane and it can just become kind of a daily duty. And if you don't, uh, if you're not purposeful and if you don't say, hey, you know, let's go on that date, let's go for a walk. And, and like you said, that 15 minutes, that's something that we all waste 15 minutes. If you've ever looked at your screen time app on your phone, well, you're wasting a lot more than 15 minutes every day just scrolling through mindless uh, screen time on your phone. And that could be spent enhancing, enhancing your marriage and understanding each other. So I, uh, I, definitely, I definitely think that's it's very doable, but it won't happen unless you make it happen just like a lot of things in life, right? So you talked about monitoring. Well, if you're looking to lose a little bit of weight and if you weigh yourself every morning, all of a sudden, you know, that triple cheeseburger with four, four extra large fries is not all that important if you have that as, as a goal. And then when you have two people with the same goal, you're almost unstoppable if, if, you're, if you're on the same team, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yes. So how do you help couples? What, what methods do you help other than coming on some podcasts and talking about some really interesting topics, which I've, I've actually gotten some, 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 some really good tips that I need to impl implement in, in my life. Uh, in addition to that, how do you, how do you help couples? 
So in the Generous Marriage podcast, which is a podcast uh, by me and by my co-host Shachar Erez, who is a licensed family and marriage therapist, uh, we, we explore, me from the business standpoint as a coach and him from the therapist standpoint, we explore tools on how to help couples fall in love again and how to help couples work in a way that will not uh, uh, jeopardize the success of the business of the of 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 those people and 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 um as because i i know how how frustrating it is to uh, have clarity about what you need to do with your business and then uh like wake up and have the frown of why did you why did you sleep so late uh, and and or, or or something like that and you slept so late because you walked till 3 a.m trying to achieve something in your business but now that you've gotten the frown You, you really don't want to put in that much effort because why should you work so hard when it's for someone that doesn't really understand you or respect you or appreciate you? So this is, of course, a little bit of an exaggeration. It's a limited moment in time, but when that limited moment in time, that, that, that frown or that comment or criticism or, or all sorts of things that happen in, in marriages, unfortunately, and in relationships, Um, when you when you get rid of some of them, you can actually connect and and do better together and focus on on the most important thing in business. So a lot of time, because we are not appreciated in our marriage, we te- we look for other places to get appreciation. And as business owners, we sometimes do that in our businesses. We look for appreciation from our customers from our employees, from our colleagues. And that appreciation makes us, like the need for appreciation, makes us make decisions uh, that are not good for the business, actually. Because what a business needs to do really, really well is serve certain people, solve their problems, and provide them huge amounts of value and make money as a result. And if you focus on Instead, hey, I want my customers to get value, but I actually want them to compliment me and tell me how great the business is, then you're actually not w- focusing on growing, you're focusing on yourself instead of your customers and the value you bring to them. And once you figure out the relationship bit, you can start focus on, on your business in, in a more, with more clarity. So what we do in generousmarriage.com, we call it uh, the Generous Marriage Academy. Uh, we have online courses to help couples with reconnecting, with overcoming all sorts of problems. And we have um, more advanced courses and we have uh, introductory courses where like, uh, you, can, you can spend a few bucks and, and already start learning daily on what you need to do in order to reconnect, in order to get all the, all the mess out of the way, all those fights being forgiven, like just re- reconnecting, reigniting the connection and, and creating a framework, the foundation of, um, of, of, uh, of good communication. And we have advanced courses for couples that just want to like do a couple's retreat together, but they don't want to go anywhere and drive some to a, to a weekend somewhere because that's some, some potentially, you know, right now, not even safe. 
but they just want to like watch the watch the the workshop over the computer by themselves whenever they wanna and in their own pace and learn how to communicate better and improve their skills. And we have a lot of other resources there about the sexual intimate connection and about um, overcoming very, very specific issues, for example, uh, with lack of trust. So some couples have went through something in their relationship that have eroded the trust. And that's uh, unfortunate, but actually is repairable. Uh, many, many of the problems related to trust are repairable. And uh, we, we have a, an online course uh, with, a, with a system that we've developed and tested and um, is available uh, on generousmarriage.com. So that's uh, the short uh, version of what we do um, uh, with uh, Generous Marriage Academy. Great. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, what else really is there to, to invest in both, you know, time and, and even a little bit of money than, than a marriage that is, that is more important, you know, because um, if you look at the joy and love that a, that a great marriage brings, but then you also can look at the opposite, uh, you know, with all of the people who have either divorces and there's no judgment if you've been divorced, we're not saying anything like that, but um uh, you know, a, a marriage that ended or, or, or a, a marriage that's not great can certainly just bring a lot of heartache. Um, so it can be either the most beautiful or really one of the most harmful, uh, harmful relationships uh, in your life, for sure. For sure. And uh, David, if, if any of your listeners are listening right now and they're thinking to themselves, well, I've been stuck with my business for quite a while and uh, some, like I just can't make the business grow. And I've tried everything. I've spent a fortune on coaches or, or courses, online courses or, 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 or on marketing dollars, clicks on Google or Facebook. And I just, it's, nothing seemed to work. Well, we have uh, this, uh, this very short process. It's 21 days long. Uh, called Get Out of Red. And if your listeners actually go to generousmarriage.com slash WWP, which stands for Weekly Wealth Podcast. If you go to generousmarriage.com slash WWP, you will have access to the Get Out of Red online course, which is usually uh, something we sell for 200 bucks. And you'll get that for six bucks. And this is something we do, uh, especially for you guys listening right now uh, on the Weekly Wealth Podcast. It's something how, you said 21 days. I mean, how much time would you have to spend per day? Actually, even if you only do four to five of the okay. days, you will actually see huge improvement. But there's a daily video that will take you to watch something like seven minutes. And then there's a daily homework that you can print and do according to like a um, the, the, the book that is uh, accompanying the course and included in the course, or you can like use that as a shortcut or watch the video and know what you're supposed to do. And the homework is usually very fun. It's something that you're going to do to turn towards your partner, your spouse. And it's, we, we, we thought in advance about everything that might be harder in this process. For example, there's like a script already made for you that you can print and show to your partner so that they know that you've joined this program and that you're trying uh, something 
to reconnect. So, so, and we, we give you training that will help you identify your love languages, which is a really important part of understanding how to convey your love to your partner. Uh, we, we, we actually teach you in the 21 day process on how to connect and plan a daily, a weekly date night. So you'll be going back into some routines that will connect you. And there's even some days where the focus is about touch and intimacy and in a very safe way, I might add. And, um, and this all eventually leads to um, like, what do we really want? To not feel like we're in the red, like we are, like we are some sort of roommates and not even good roommates, roommates that argue. Um, we want to get out of that and feel like we are partners. We love right. each other. We, mm -hmm. we chose each other and we are going to walk through our hurdles. And so that is the, 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 those 21 days, you don't have to even do all of them and you will already um, be depositing way more than you used to. No, I love it. And, and I, I like what you say about not being roommates because it is, it is very easy for that just to little by little happen. And then if you're, uh, you know, either through a course or, or just by being purposeful, you have to fight, fight to get out of that for sure. And you mentioned intimacy and, and that is just so important. And it's, it's, it's a major topic. It's a major need. But what do we know about intimacy? We know what we see on TV and that's not real. Um, that, that's not what real life is. And so, you know, having some actual guidance that, that uh, you know, is, is, is clinically and, and, and uh, research-based, I think could, could be a game changer. So generousmarriage.com slash WWP, that's for Weekly Wealth Podcast. And you said $6, huh? Six dollars. Okay. It actually, it's it actually something that we, we so believe in our system. We, uh, we provide lifetime money-back guarantee. No matter when you, you, you make the decision that that course did not provide any value to, for you, just let us know. We'll, we'll re, refund your six bucks. We're that crazy about how confident we are that this course is legitimately helpful in getting out of it. Wow. I love it. I love it. So now I have a question for you. I'm actually putting together a, a little video course on, on avoiding some of the biggest financial mistakes that, uh, that, that are common. So uh, let's hear about what's one of your biggest financial weaknesses or one of your biggest financial mistakes that, that you would like for other people not to make. Wow. Uh, this is a really powerful question. And the answer for me personally was to carry a label on my phone, on my head, like I had this label that I believed that was true, which was I'm bad with finances. Wow. It was a limiting belief. I told myself, I'm bad with finances. I'm not like my dad, which who, who is, who learned finances and, and was a CEO of a company. Uh, I am not like that. So I am bad at finances and I shouldn't even try to monitor my income and my expenses. So I, I shouldn't even know what is my profit every month. And you cannot grow as a company without knowing the details Absolutely. of your expenses, mm -hmm. of your income, of your profits. Those details are not even the only details you should control, but those details without controlling them, without understanding them very, very well, then your company is most likely not profitable. 
and most likely you are you're 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 you really have no way to plan into the future without understanding what are your annual expenses? When, mm-hmm. when, when is it every month that you're paying for, for the piano lessons? Like sure. those, the cash flow, cash flow is so complicated. But it all really started from a poor mindset, right? I mean, by you limiting yourself by saying, I'm not good at that. Um, an interesting story, back in my late 20s, and I was a pretty good athlete, I decided, you know, I want to run a marathon. And, you know, as a healthy person, you know, it, it never dawned on me that I wouldn't finish. I knew I wouldn't win, but I knew I would finish. And about 80% of the people that you talk to say, oh, I could never do that. I don't have time. And there's one thing that you and I have equal, and that's time. You know, we don't have equal money. We don't have equal talent. We don't have equal anything, but we do have time. And then a couple of years ago, this is back in my 40s, I decided I'm going to run another marathon. You know, it had been 10 or 12 years and and people still say, you know, I just, I could never do that. And, and, you know, my, my attitude always was, well, six months to a year, as long as your body holds up physically with knee problems, anybody can do it. Um, but some people, you know, you just limit and just like you, you know, I'm not good with finances. Well, guess what? It, it sure seems like you've changed that. So you told yourself you're not good at finances. That wasn't in fact the case. That's just what you told yourself. So, well, the, 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 the reality was that I wasn't good in finances yet. There you go. I love it. Every time you say something about yourself, like I'm bad at, I'm not tech savvy. You're not tech savvy yet. I love it. Add that yet. And that changes it, doesn't it? It does. Because then you ask yourself, well, what do I do to be somewhat good at finances? What can I do to be somewhat good at it? Because Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I was actually already somewhat good, but how can I be more better than somewhat good how can i be proficient with finances and what do you do in life when you want to you know acquire a skill lots of things you go to google you go to youtube you buy a book you buy an online course you get a coach you listen to my podcast you listen to your podcast exactly exactly podcast are a big, big part of how I grew my businesses. Mm-hmm. Right. Podcasts. Well, and there's no excuse in today's world to, to have lack of information because there's never been more information. There's almost, uh, almost too, too much information about everything for sure. So, yeah. And once you get to become proficient at something, then you, can, you, you start to notice that people are coming to you for advice. People are actually asking your help with that because you start to just understand better on, a, on that, that topic. And then you can get to the next level and be a master of that skill by, again, apply more learning, more, more uh, education, more uh, online courses and podcasts and, and school and, and, and practicing your methods and being determined. Uh, on, on, on improving yourself. And at some point, you get to the point where, like with me, I can charge money for my financial advice as a, as a business coach. And I can help people become profitable because I've done it. And, and because I'm not afraid with this limiting belief that I'm like, I'm bad at, at this. Yep. No, I love it. So Ziv, this has been just super inspirational for me. We've actually gone a little bit longer than we normally do, but I love this topic. I think it can be life-changing. And I always do, you know, there's a place in my heart for marriage because I've had, uh, you know, 21 years of, of just a really good marriage, but you also see other people who are just struggling and, and it's, it doesn't have to be like that. So I encourage everybody to check out the Generous Marriage uh, podcast. 
uh, check out uh, the the very reasonable, reasonably priced uh, generousmarriage.com slash WWP uh, can help you out with the 21 day course. And uh, we just really appreciate this insight. And uh, I think it can change some lives. So we appreciate your time. And also you have the coolest accent out of anybody we've had <laughs> on, on the podcast uh, so far. So we, we appreciate your time. Thank you guys for listening and uh, see you inside the uh, Generous Marriage uh, WWP link. Uh, I hope you join. Thank you. Thank you. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.